0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Pair Eyewear. Pair Eyewear is an innovative glasses company where you choose a base frame with options from square to round to cat eye, and then you pick top frames that snap onto your base with tiny magnets to change up your daily look and style. The top frames come in dozens of colors and patterns to match your personality, and they even have sunglasses toppers so you can just snap those sunnies onto your base frame when you're driving or running around town this summer. For my first glasses from Pear Eyewear, I ordered the Wanda base frame, which is a bulkier statement frame, but in a classic color that will go with anything. Then I got some fun top frames that will mix up my look when I'm feeling more adventurous, such as navy polka dot, a bright teal green, and an almond blossom print that's based on the artwork of Van Gogh. Get glasses as unique as you are. One pair, infinite style, starting at just $60. Go to paireyewear.com slash three and thirty for fifteen percent off your first purchase. That's fifteen percent off at com slash three and thirty. Welcome to Three and Thirty, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. How much do you know about LGBTQ topics, particularly about what it means to be transgender? If the answer is not much, that's okay, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. This is a topic that we sometimes hear about in the news with sensationalized headlines, but the people who are most impacted are average families with average children, kids who go to school with your kids, and who just want to be accepted for who they are like everyone else in this world. I have been blessed to learn so much about LGBTQ topics from one of my dear friends, Holly Young, who has five children, including a transgender daughter named June. As I've talked with Holly and June about their experience, I've been reminded that the best way to learn about any topic is directly from the people who are living it every day. We can research a topic, including reading first-hand accounts from those who've been most intimately impacted by it, and I definitely recommend doing that. But it's even more powerful when we can talk to someone in our real life and humbly ask them to tell us about their experience, and then just listen. But maybe you don't know anyone in your real life who is transgender. I didn't before I got to know June. So that's why to help the listeners of 3 and 30 understand more about this topic, I invited Holly and June to come on the podcast today. It took a lot of courage for them to share their personal stories and their takeaways for understanding transgender teens, and I'm grateful that they trusted me enough to allow me to host this conversation, and that they trusted you, the 3 and 30 listeners, enough to know that you will listen to their story with respect and open hearts. You'll hear Holly say this in the interview, but I wanted to quote her here as well before we get started. Holly says, if you haven't heard a lot about these things and you're hearing us use all these words and it's a little overwhelming at first because there are a lot of different words that we use in the LGBTQ community, that is where Google can be your best friend because these can be quite difficult concepts to understand at first. And it's okay if you're not an expert. There's books, there's YouTube videos, Wikipedia has some great definitions and articles, so it's alright. Everybody has to start somewhere and it's just important that you start learning. Yes, I completely agree with Holly, and you're taking the first step today by listening to this podcast episode. Thank you truly for being the kind of community that wants to learn how to better support and love others. With no further ado, here's my conversation with Holly and June Young. Holly and June, welcome to three and thirty. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to both of you, especially to you, June. Because it's not easy to talk about personal things, especially to an audience of adults. It takes a lot of courage, and I know you're gonna help a lot of moms to understand their kids and their kids' friends better. so thank you for being willing to share with us today on three and thirty.
1: Yeah, I'm very nervous
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense you are great. the You are the first non mom to come on oh, here yeah. so. We are very very grateful to have you on and it takes a lot of courage so thank you for that and before we get started June why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself like generally how old are you what do you like to do for fun just kind of the basics
1: um I'm 13 and I really like to draw and watch tv pretty average teenager I don't have a phone though
0: Mm -hmm. and you have a bunch of siblings right
1: yes very very annoying little guys
0: (laughs) How many do you have? Four. Four siblings, um, one of five.
1: Yeah, it's and... going to be nice when I'm older, but not
0: now. <laughs> yes, Crazy. that's true. And can you tell us a little bit about your experience figuring out your gender identity, when that happened, and what that's been like for you?
1: Uh, I think it started when I was 12, was when I was? No, not 12,
2: 11. When you were in the fifth grade. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were about And
1: I, first, I was, I just felt like I was different.
2: And then I transitioned to non binary. Let me explain what that is, because some people might not know. Non binary is when you are neither female nor male. So, you could be more masculine you could be more feminine it could change you know period to period it just means neither female nor male
1: okay. and at the time i was appearing more female and i started wearing leggings and getting female clothing and then um this summer like uh, 2021 yeah 2021 i decided that i was transitioning to female and I started appearing a lot more feminine, and I went by she, her pronouns, and I have started going by the name June.
0: Hmm. How has the transition been for you emotionally before, during, and now that you're in it? Kind of what has your experience been all along the way? I know that's kind of a big question, but.
1: Yeah, it's been overall pretty hard. I've had to deal with a lot of criticism and bullying from people I didn't know would do that. But I've had a lot of people who have supported me, and I'm lucky to have the parents that I have.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. What we ended up finding was that most of our family's friends and immediate family, like aunts and uncles and grandparents, they didn't have a lot of information about what transgender means or what Mm -hmm. the other um, words in the LGBTQ plus acronym means. Just for reference, L stands for lesbian, G stands for gay, B stands for bisexual, T stands for transgender, Q stands for queer, and plus means anyone else who might find themselves outside of the typical binary of male or female.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: As well as in the LGBTQ acronym is not just gender, but sexuality.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you for that. We did a lot of educating. That's what June has spent a lot of her time doing, educating at school, educating to her friends, educating to her outside family. Um, I've spent a lot of time doing the
0: same. Yeah. So I think that leads really well into our first takeaway, which our takeaways today are how to support transgender teens. And that can be individually if you have a transgender teen in your life, but it can also be generally just to support this group of people and the first takeaway is to teach your children about the acronym lgbtq plus yeah the first
1: takeaway is inform your children about the acronym lgbtq plus and what that means, as well as teaching them to respect and honor those who
2: are different from them,
1: even if you do not
2: understand or agree with it um I am a three and thirty veteran i've listened to almost every episode, and I have been on here once before and you know, this is not a new takeaway for the three and thirty community. Um, to teach, yes, to teach to to get books that explain these concepts to your children, depending on their age. We've had this takeaway for combating racism, teaching nutrition and eating habits, and educating about history. And this topic is no different. And it's all right if you don't know anything about this topic. You have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So grabbing books from the library or off of Amazon, that's a great place to start. And I'm going to provide Rachel with a list of resources for her to put in the show notes.
0: Yeah. And I love that also something we've talked a lot about on 3in30 in the past is before you can teach your children, you have to understand something. And so sometimes that just starts with you learning yourself. And I appreciated, Holly, that you walked through that acronym and explained those the LGBTQ plus terminology because some listeners may not understand that. And it's important to first gain that basis and then to talk to and teach your children about it. And like June mentioned, even if you don't understand or agree with it, it's still important for you to be able to explain this to your children. And why is that?
2: You know, the LGBTQ plus community is, they just... They're at a disadvantage in society. They face a lot of victimization and discrimination at work, discrimination with marriage laws. The medical field is not particularly inviting to the LGBTQ plus community. And so it's really our privilege for those like myself who are
0: outside of that community to support them in good allyship. Mm-hmm. We kind of needed to start with this as a foundational takeaway Because again, there may be moms listening who don't know what all of the letters in the acronym mean, or even some of the terminology that we're going to be using throughout the rest of the interview. But it is so important that we teach our children these basics so that when they encounter people in the world that are different from them, they don't stare at them like curiosity or make comments or ask questions in front of the person that are disrespectful Because you've taught them and you've had these conversations in your home. One thing that I have noticed is with the LGBTQ acronym, I think that it's really important to say that with respect. I sometimes hear people say, you know, that whole LGBTQ thing, almost in a mimicking way of making fun of the added letters. It's dismissive to say it that way versus to learn what those letters mean and to say them with respect. Would you two agree with that?
2: Yes. Yes. Also, it's okay if you haven't heard a lot about these things and you're hearing us use all these words and it's a little overwhelming at first. There are a lot of different words that we use in the LGBTQ plus community. And that is where Google can be your best friend because these can be quite difficult concepts to understand at first. And it's okay if you're, not an expert, or if you only know what the L and the G stand for, there are books, there's YouTube videos. I mean, Wikipedia has some great definitions and articles. So it's all right. So everybody has to start somewhere. And it's just important that you start learning.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would add too, that there's a difference between trying to say the acronym and missing a letter or not being sure about it and correcting yourself versus saying it in a disrespectful dismissive way. And so I'm not saying to anybody who maybe has said in the past, said it wrong, or isn't sure about it, that that's, that that's wrong. Just learn and and use it and say it with respect because this is people's lives and they deserve to have that respect given to them, no matter Rachel, how they just, identify. You just let us into the second takeaway, Rachel. Oh, perfect. Good look at how I did that. I didn't uh, even do that some perfect. Second
1: takeaway is refer to them by their preferred pronouns and name, even if it isn't reflected in legal documents or honored by other people. Okay. My personal experience when I came out to my parents, they immediately started to begin to adopt my pronouns. I mean, they messed up sometimes and they still do, but hearing it and it Hearing the name June and my pronouns, it just makes me feel confident about who I am as a transgender teen. And hearing those just makes me feel good.
2: Yep. Yeah, and we do Absolutely. we do make mistakes, like June said. And you just correct yourself and you move on. If you're worried about messing up, the way to think about it is:
1: it's good that you're worried about it because then if you mess up, it's not like you're doing it intentionally.
2: Yes, yeah. people can tell if you are making an effort. To identify them by their preferred name and pronouns. And it's totally, I mean, if you don't know exactly what their preferred name and pronouns is, it's completely appropriate to ask, What are your preferred pronouns and preferred name? They're human. They get to choose how they want to be addressed. And addressing them as they wish is a sign of respect. Mm
1: -hmm. And hearing and asking what their pronouns and preferred name is is significant
0: as a transgender teen. Mm-hmm. yeah, and- It helps you to feel validated and accepted when someone asks you that, June. Mm-hmm. That's good. And one thing that I've told my children, well, I've explained to my children what it means to be transgender. And sometimes they've asked me about camp counselors or different people in their life. And they've said, you know, she looks this way, but she's identifying as a boy. And I've just told them that is her business one or his business 100%. You know, if he says that that is his name and that is his gender, then it is. And just respect that. People deserve to decide what they are called.
2: Uh, Jasmine, when she was on your show talking about racism, Mm -hmm. she talked about how she has a white mother and a black father and that she chooses to be called biracial, but her sister chooses to be called African-American or black and It's the same sort of thought process here in the LGBTQ plus community. You as an individual get to decide what you want to be called and what pronouns you use. And then it's just up for the world to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Rothy's. How is your summer shoe game going? For me, it's so important to have shoes that are so comfortable and functional that I don't think about them at all while they're on my feet. Gone are the days of cheap flip-flops or sandals from Target that leave my feet feeling tired and sore. But I also want my shoes to be fashionable, which is why I love Rothy's. My go-to pair is the sneaker in Desert Cat, which I recently wore on a trip to California to visit my sister and her new baby. They were perfect for traveling and running around with my nieces and nephew, but also made me feel put together. I also have the point in Portobello, which is perfect when I want to feel a little bit more dressed up. Best of all, these shoes aren't just comfortable and cute; they're good for the environment. I love how Rothy's shoes and bags are made from sustainable materials like single use water bottles, algae based foam, and ocean bound plastic. It makes my purchase feel meaningful. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash three in 30. That's rothy dot com three in 30 for $20 off your first order. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. It's impossible to predict how your family's unique challenges and needs will change throughout the years, and personal therapy is an incredible tool to become a better parent. As you develop your own emotional resilience, you are better equipped to teach your kids how to build theirs. Throughout my years of counseling, I've learned tools that make me much less likely to lose my temper or to worry excessively about my kids in situations I have no control over. I have been so grateful to have a confidential place to talk through many of my parenting struggles. Today's episode is all about LGBTQ topics, and BetterHelp has therapists who specialize in this and can help you if you're navigating questions about your own sexual orientation or gender identity, or if you have a child or loved one who's coming out or transitioning and you are wanting support as you support them. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in person therapy, and you can be matched with a the therapist in under 48 hours. Three and thirty listeners get ten percent off their first month at betterhelpcom three and thirty. That's B E T T E R H E L slash three and thirty. And then what is our third and final takeaway? If you see
1: someone in the LGBTQ plus community being harassed or bullied, excluded, or not having their preferred name and pronouns honored, do something. I have some
2: statistics from the UCLA School of Law Williams Institute. These are pretty heavy statistics. LGBTQ plus individuals are four times as likely to experience violent victimization, such as rape, sexual assault, and both aggravated and simple assault. In 2017, LGBTQ plus people experienced 71.1 victimizations per a thousand people, as opposed to 19.2 victimizations per a thousand people for those who were non
0: LGBTQ plus. Yeah, and that's—I mean—say that again. The difference between those two groups. So LGBTQ plus people.
2: They experienced 71.1 victimizations per 1,000. And those who are not LGBTQ plus experienced 19.2 victimizations per 1,000 people. It's the huge. world is incredibly dangerous mm. for the people in the LGBTQ plus community. And one of the people who ran the study, Andrew Flores, he said that one plausible cause is anti-LGBTQ plus prejudice at home at work, or at school. And that is what makes LGBTQ plus people particularly vulnerable to victimizations is the anti-LGBTQ plus prejudice that's taught at home, at work, and at school. Mm. And really, it's our job as non-LGBTQ plus individuals to protect them. Mm. Every day that I send June to school, I worry because more often than not, we've found out that June has run-ins with her peers and is bullied or harassed. And I can't imagine as a mom wanting my children to go to school and harass or victimize other people for any reason. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that other mothers want their children to be good allies. They just might not know enough about this yet or have have thought about teaching their kids about this because maybe it's not directly in their sphere of influence.
1: Mm -hmm. And I was getting harassed by another student on my bus. And that's when Aiden responded to the bully and told him to leave my sister alone. And Aiden's always been there to support me. And he's a really good person to help and try and stand up for me
0: mm, and that's yeah. your younger brother what's your age difference between you and he's Native?
1: 11 and i'm 13 so almost two years yeah, yeah it's 22 months
2: yeah june as the victim of repeated bullying has greater risk for mental health issues and is at greater risk for suicide that's a really
0: big issue in the lgbtq community hmm and having these allies, these people that will stand up and speak up, makes a huge difference. June, have you ever had a peer at school stand up for you? Um, I mean, Aiden, your, your brother, but have you ever had a classmate stand up for you?
1: Not that I can think of.
0: Mm. June is in a particularly
2: unique situation. We live in Massachusetts in a very small conservative Christian town. And um, she's the only child who's out at her school. Mm. She does have some friends who are LGBTQ plus, but the teachers don't know. The parents don't know. They're Mm. still closeted. So she receives all of the bullying that might be spread around other students. If other students were out, it's all directed at June because she is visibly out and vocal.
1: Mm. And Um, My friends who would stand up for me, even though they're not a part of the community, a lot of the times I get bullied when I'm not around them and I get picked on while I am um, by myself. So I don't have a lot of people to stand up for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, The bus is a a hard place and the bathroom is a hard place. Mm -hmm. Uh, June has experienced some significant bullying in both of those places.
0: Yeah. So talking to our kids, I mean, this goes right back to the importance of teaching our kids what LGBTQ is. Our very first takeaway so that they know when they see this, if they see discrimination happening, they have context, they know what's happening, and teaching them to speak up or do something. June, what are some things that a child, maybe if they're shy or they're nervous, how could they still speak up and stand up in a way that would be safe for everyone involved?
1: Telling the teacher. A
0: lot of kids are
1: taught that telling the teacher is a bad thing but it's really not. And in my personal experience, you also want to make sure that the teacher is reporting to the principal and it is going down as a serious issue, because even if it is a sly comment one time, the
2: student needs to be taught that that is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And when June reports to the teacher, she often becomes bullied again for reporting to the teacher. So another student who is not at as great of risk of being bullied reporting for her can protect her from further bullying. Mm -hmm. And really we don't want our children to be bullies, even against those that they don't understand or agree with. Mm
1: -hmm. So it's really
2: important. I guarantee you that if you have children who are currently going through the school system, they are around other children who are LGBTQ plus, even if they're not out, Mm -hmm. they're experiencing these things and This is going to be a conversation. So it's really a great opportunity when they're young or whenever you can start to start educating them at home so that you make sure that they have verified
0: factual information. Mm -hmm. June, I really loved your suggestion to talk to a teacher because I think it can. Ideally, a kid would be confident enough to just say, knock it off. That's not cool. And I hope that my kids would be the kids that would do that. But if they're not quite brave enough to do that, teaching your kids, they can go to a trusted adult. They can tell a trusted adult and the adult can intervene in a way that supports the LGBTQ child is really important. And also something that you mentioned, Holly, about how a lot of times your kids may not know, kids may not be out who are LGBTQ. And that's why it's so important to teach our kids and for ourselves to speak respectfully about people who are different from us even if that group or that person or that population isn't around us, or at least not that we know of, because you never know who's actually there listening. And the way that they hear you talking will make it whether or not they trust you in the future. If they do want to come out to somebody, they'll know that you're a safe place. This goes for children talking to other children. They'll know who the safe kids are because they've never heard that child make a sly comment or something, because that child has always spoken with respect for other people.
2: Yeah. You know, when June and I talked about submitting to a podcast, it's a really sensitive topic, but Mm -hmm. what I really want, all I really want is that other mothers helped protect June in places where I am not. And the only way that that can happen is if you teach your children and your family who June is and who people like June are and how to treat them respectfully.
0: Mm. Because
2: I'm not with her at school. I'm not with her on the bus. And I won't be with her in college or at her first job. And I'm very scared for the treatment that June might receive in those places. So I just... I really would love it if other mothers would protect June by Mm. teaching their
0: children. Holly, thank you for that powerful call to action for mothers that we need to be willing to mother other people's children and do the work with our own children to protect all children. I feel very passionate about this topic. We did have one episode last June about talking to your children about LGBTQ topics The difference is, is that it was a mother of a gay child, which is, you know, important to hear from, but it's more powerful and more important to hear from people who actually are in the community, not just the people associated them, but with an own voice perspective. And that's why I'm so grateful that June, you were willing to come on today and add your voice. So it's not just a mother sharing her viewpoint, but it's someone who's actually living day to day and Are there any final thoughts that you would have, June, for moms who are teaching their kids about LGBTQ topics that you'd like to share?
1: That all human beings should be treated with respect and dignity no matter who they are or what they believe, and transgender people are no different. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have questions, ask as long as it is respectful. Genitalia is not a respectful topic. Mm -hmm. And please... I ask that everyone except who transgender people are.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you so much for your bravery and coming on June and Holly for sharing your insights. And I hope this will be a conversation that we can continue having how we can support all children in our circles and in our lives. So thank you for coming on three and 30. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Bye. Wow. June was so articulate and open in sharing her experience and I am beyond grateful After we finished recording, I thanked her yet again, and she said, I'm just glad to know that none of my bullies will ever hear this because they aren't likely to listen to a mom podcast. And we all chuckled a little, but it also made my heart hurt to hear June say, My bullies, as if it's such a common occurrence that it's just part of her life, that she just knows to expect it in her day-to-day interactions with her peers. My friends, we have to do our part to change that. We have to teach our children how to accept, include, and protect others, especially those in marginalized and vulnerable communities. Holly and June's three takeaways are a great place to get started with that, and here's a recap of those. First, teach your children about what the acronym LGBTQ means and to respect those who are different from them, even if you don't understand or agree with it. And as we mentioned in the episode, this may start with you doing some research and confronting your own biases around LGBTQ topics, so you're equipped to help your children do the same. Second, refer to LGBTQ people by their preferred pronouns and name, even if it isn't reflected on legal documents or honored by other people. To me, this is common courtesy and honestly, the least we can do as one human being to another. And third, if you see someone who's transgender being bullied, excluded, or not having their preferred name and pronouns honored, do something. As adults, we may need to do this in conversations or interactions we witness with other adults by just speaking up and saying, I'm not okay with that, or I don't agree, or please don't treat them that way. And for our kids, it might look like speaking up and saying, that's not cool, or it might look like telling a trusted adult who can intervene in a way that's safe for all kids. Remember that the UCLA School of Law Williams Institute found that LGBTQ individuals are four times as likely to experience violent victimization, such as rape, sexual assault, and physical assault, than their non LGBTQ peers. And to add to that, the Trevor Project's 2022 National Survey on LGBTQ Youth Mental Health found that 45% of LGBTQ youth. Seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year, including more than half of transgender and non binary youth. Oof, we cannot allow this to continue. As mothers, we just can't. We need to do our part to raise a generation of peacemakers and people supporters who will make the world safer for their peers who are different from them. I want you to know that I am so grateful to be doing this work alongside you to protect our children, all of our children. And if you'd like to learn more about how you as a mother can talk to your kids about LGBTQ topics, may I recommend episode 185 from last June, which I will link in the show notes. This is so important, and I know we can do this. I love you. I'm rooting for you. And I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.